This is the Warriors Community Podcast, a platform to share personal stories that inspire, equip, and empowers those who listen. Everyone has something in their story that is relatable. Everyone has a lesson to be learned from their story. And everyone has a tool to give to someone else to use on their personal journey. Our hope and prayer, the mission of the Warriors community, is that as you listen, as you hear people's struggles and their failures, but also their wins and successes, that you feel inspired, motivated, and encouraged, but that you also feel equipped and you walk away with tools to use on your journey and that you feel empowered to keep going, especially if you're in a place where you are struggling too. We hope that through this podcast, you learn, but you also connect with other women and you can connect with them, not just by listening to this podcast, but you can connect on social media. We really want this to be a place where a community is developed and where women can network, share resources, bond, and develop relationships. We hope that you enjoy this podcast, but we also hope that you join in on the Warriors community. Welcome back to the Warriors community podcast. Today, I have someone who I met years and years ago in 2016, and we met at Harvest School, which I've talked about briefly on a few other podcasts. It is a mission school. It's a couple of months and they have it twice a year. I went and met Gabby. And do you go by Gabrielle or Gabby? It was Gabby. I always like tried to do Gabrielle, but it never got. <laughs> Gabby's <laughs> fun. Gabby's fun. <laughs> Gabby's fun. Uh, I met her and, you know, there's hundreds of people who come to this school and you end up kind of finding your own group to really run with. So we were, we kind of ended up in different groups, but I always liked you. You were always a person that I was like, I will just really like her. So we had a few moments that I really enjoyed. And then I've watched your journey mostly on social media. And I reached out to you because you seem to have a very unique journey. You met your husband, you moved to Italy and you were, you posted a lot about your time in Italy. And I always enjoyed reading your posts mm-hmm. about that time. However, I realized before we pushed record, I thought you were there strictly for missions. So mm. I originally wanted this podcast to be around you being doing missions because we do have, mm-hmm. we do have listeners who have been on and off the mission field. I know there are some Harvest School alumni who listen to this. And so yeah. I thought, oh, Gabby's story would be great. However, I just, you just told me it was actually for a different reason, but you started just <laughs> diving in to your story. And as mm-hmm. you were talking before we pushed record, I thought, oh my gosh, well then this is, this is actually a better topic than what I originally anticipated. So I'm glad I reached out to you. (laughs) Yeah, me too. I'm just going to let you jump back into where you were before we push record of just how did you meet your husband? Or maybe let's start with how you came to harvest school, because I think it's important to establish first 
why you came to Harvard School and why you ended up in this tug of war between being with your now husband and missions. Yeah. So I am currently and from Virginia. Um, grew up in Virginia Beach and I've been going to my church here for, I mean, obviously from, aside from moving away <laughs> on and off, um, my church big house. And so I don't know what it is, but there are a lot of missions people in my church and from my church and sent by my whatever. So I just always heard stories like all the time, like the missions field, missions field. And I want to say one of the conferences, I think it was like Ray Hughes or someone came for, I know I like to love him. <laughs> I do uh, too. Yeah. He is such like a, like a grandpa. Like, so like, I don't know, but yeah, he was doing like worship or something one night and, and the Helsers were there too. And it was actually the summer that they released no longer slaves and yeah so anyways I I just heard a lot of people sharing stories about you know being overseas and we have this one couple primarily um Joel and Lacey Hill who they're actually sent by Bethel but anyways I'm getting off topic but yeah so they came and spoke and they were talking about Thailand and Lacey's sister was a friend of mine and so anyways, yeah, it was, it was a bunch of missions, and I kept hearing people talk about harvest school, and I was like, what, <laughs> what is this, what is this thing, like, everyone's talking about it, everyone's gone, like, it was almost like this red passage, like, oh, when did, you go? when did you go, and I'm like, what, <laughs> when am I supposed to go to this, too, my friend Clara, her, her parents are world race uh, mentors, okay. and yeah. so, like, I think she's one of four or five. So like, it's like her, all her siblings are in the world race. And so Lisa, her mom was really like a spiritual mentor, like mom to me. And she was always praying over me for like missions and God like awaken, you know, this part and Gabby like speak to her about like the places you want to take her and like, just such like a mama. And like, I just loved her so much and I still see her every Sunday. So <laughs> yeah, it was just this really like beautiful unfolding and one summer I was like, you know, I think I should like try to go to this. And Clara had gone to, I want to say Harvest School 18. And um, she came over and was like talking to me more about it. And the more she like talked about it, it was almost like when you don't realize what you're hungry for. And then you start like realizing it. And it's mm -hmm. like, well, like that sounds exactly like what I need to go do. Like I need to like, like just immerse myself in this and like figure out like, where I fit and my friend Hope coincidentally I was talking to her one day and she said yeah I'm gonna apply to this thing called Harvest School and I was like wow like we should go together like we should apply together and like fundraise together and you know interestingly enough I applied with Hope and I mean everyone told me like anyone that applies gets in it's just like a year she in like no one gets denied right so I'm like, I tell my job, like, I need a replacement and I start like fundraising and like, I worked at a gym and they like, let me do bake sales and you know, healthy bake sales. And, <laughs> and, um, I raised all this money and then I got denied. I got a message back. Why Wait, did you for? I, yeah, I did. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yes. I did not. And I was like, what? Everyone told me I'm <laughs> yes. well, and I, I don't know why you got denied, but I 
so for those who don't know, and then this is a bit of a side note, so I'm sorry, you have to fill out an extensive application. And I overshared in my application. <laughs> I, yes. And it was, and, it, and the reason it asks such detailed questions is because the spiritual warfare over there is so intense. And yeah. I actually happened to have a lot of witchcraft in my family background. And I overshared about that. And so they flagged me as they were very concerned coming into a place where witchcraft is so in your face, unlike it is in America. And so they yeah. asked if I would do inner healing sessions first and then reapply. So that's how I happen. Yeah. How did you- <laughs> so I applied, but I was, I don't think this is oversharing because I've conquered it at this point. So but thank you for just sharing part of my testimony. I, I had a um, pornography addiction for like years and years and years and years, like just like mm-hmm. the sexual thing. I still don't fully understand like when it started, but I was very young and I just always dealt with that issue and all the, the addictions that come from that. And yeah, and I, I think I overshared on the application, like I'm still walking through this and I'm still, you know, oh. like, okay, like, <laughs> In a wow. gracious way, um, they were like, we think that you should come, just not yet. Like, we want you to be here. We think you're supposed to be here, but like, not yet. Hmm. And I was just shattered. I mean, I was shattered. And hope got in. But I'm so glad to know I'm not the only one. This is very oh, Yeah, I didn't know. Right now. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, every, I look back at my first I'm like, you said everybody gets in. Like, oh my God. Yes. <laughs> That's so so I didn't get in and Hope got in, my friend that I applied with. Mm-hmm. And so she ended up going and she was there for like the summer session, obviously, which was winter there. Yes. So it was like a little bitter because then it was avocado season and I was like really looking forward to the massive avocados. You went during mangoes. Uh, yeah, that was equally, I mean, honestly, that was, that was great. My love for mangoes was definitely born. Yeah, so it's just crazy. And I mean, my job was like, we're not letting you have bake sales anymore. You need to ask these people if they want their money back. Like they were really upset with me. Like I was just taking people's money. And hmm. I was like, no, like I swear I'm gonna reapply. Like, you know, and they wouldn't let me have another bake sale until I showed them my flight itinerary. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it was like great. And I I I guess I kind of get it on their end, but right. Yeah, because I mean I raised all my money through like bake sales and stuff like at work and but then I see you know you get that voice of doubt that's like are you gonna go though like are you gonna get in are you good enough are you built for this so you you get in and then did you feel called to full-time ministry because some people some listeners may know about harvest school some people may not but Mm -hmm. it's it's a missions school and really I mean you said it before we push record you think you're going to learn about missions, but you actually go to, I say, to have heart surgery. I mean, it is a huge, let's get you closer to, to God. And, yeah. and there's a lot of healing that takes place. And some people were there, like I am called to full-time foreign missions. Some people were there just going, I don't know. I just want to explore what this is. I don't, I have made no decisions yet. So where were you at when you got to harvest school? I wanted to feel 
called to full-time ministry I that's a good way to to be one of those people I was like no I but it was almost like a I have to make this happen I would see the ease of it unfold in other people that like truly like God was like sell your stuff go now like I want that so I'm gonna make it happen we all know when we <laughs> tell God, like, this is going to happen. It's just funny, you know, man plans, God laughs, you know. I think I was just almost that, like, fake it till you make it, you know. Like, I really wanted it so bad. And my timeline was this, and God's was, okay, maybe the same end result, but, like, it's going to take you, like, way longer to get there than you think or want. And, yeah, it is crazy. It, it gives you enough of a taste to know if, like, you're gonna like it or not. I mean, there are people that left and were like, I'm not doing this. I, I, I don't want to <laughs> There were people who were like, get me out of here. Yeah, yeah. Because it was, it, it was I mean, hard and we did have it easy compared to a lot of the people who came before us because the schools developed a lot over time. But there were people who were like, this is the worst. I hate this. And for me, I think I was a little similar, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew I was called into ministry somehow, but I didn't know what that looked like. And instead of waiting for Holy Spirit to lead and develop that in time, I tried to force something to happen. And my circle at that time was mostly missionaries who were all going on the foreign mission field. So I thought I have to go too. And this is how we do it. And I, I remember sitting in my tent in the bush bush because we would have outreach on weekends and and not every weekend, but they would rotate groups and we would go to do missions in the bush bush. And it was so freaking hot. It was the hottest place oh I've gosh, ever so been hot. in my life. And we ran out of water. And so we were like looking for more water and I'm sitting there and I had hid cookies in my <laughs> backpack. And so I was sitting and I'm crying in my tent, eating a cookie. And I, and I said it out loud to myself. I said, I am not built for this. I'm, I'm not, I'm not built for this. And, and for some reason, and that was the moment that it resolved in me. It wasn't shame. It was just, you know what? Some people are called the foreign missions. I am not the one, but what was, so sorry, I hijacked that. But for you, when you were there, did you have a point where you were like, no, this is not me. Or were you still trying to will it to happen? I didn't want to leave them, but I definitely was like trying to think of ways to get stuck there. <laughs> um, <laughs> I thought I was going to be more homesick, but like I actually was not homesick. And it's just, it's just funny because I, I just look back over the past 10 years and I just see the, I can now see the purpose in that and the purpose in Kentucky and the purpose in the issues and, um, the mountains and valleys I should say like with Tim and like but you know in those moments it's like oh my gosh like what am I doing like I do not come from a family that has like money like I would say like not lower class but like middle lower you know like mm-hmm. got by like my family my family they always like worked and got us what we needed what we wanted a lot as much as they could but it was never like a, yeah, I'm just going to pay for you to go to Africa type of thing, you know? And so it was very much like self-sufficiency. I've always battled this like insane level of like independence, you know, like I have to be self-sufficient. 
and like what you were saying instead of like calming it down and letting holy spirit lead which is like the impatient side of me like the no patience i should say it just everything was just trial by fire and i wanted it so bad but i was like i was still projecting like what we were saying earlier and before we started recording it almost felt like god was dangling a carrot in front of me honestly and i know in my heart he wasn't it almost is like it was just like the enemy with this like you know cardboard of jesus thrown so like being someone's emotional like that can be really dangerous like to not have emotional intelligence and like a really good grasp on that part of yourself because like the enemy really loves to play with emotions and mm-hmm. throw them every which way like and so yeah it was it was just a combination of that I would say like I wanted to be there I didn't want to leave I also didn't want to go back to my reality <laughs> back home same yeah it was almost kind of running in a way which is like never a good reason to go like serve the Lord and grow the kingdom like you have to deal with your stuff like because it will get amplified like to a very uncomfortable, sometimes unbearable level. I'm so glad you said that because I didn't realize I've always prided myself as a fighter. Yeah. I've always said I, but if, if I choose fight, flight, or freeze, it is fight all the time. But at harvest school, the Lord started speaking to me about how I w- was in flight And I did all these missions and I would go overseas and do all of these very good things for the kingdom. And it was all really like pride and self-righteous and it was running away from me. And so at Harvest School, I mean, you worship every day. I mean, you just can't escape. You just, you're in God's presence every day. And sometimes you're like, I have no other song to sing. I am tired of singing songs. I'm tired. I don't want to read any more <laughs> scripture. Like I can't handle it. But there's nowhere to go. Yeah. So you have to deal with you. And I think that's why I had to go to harvest school. It was so funny because meeting Sony, he reminded me so much of my brother. And I remember like for whatever reason, I was crying the hardest saying bye to him. So I was like, oh, you're like, you're like my big brother. Like, and I just got <laughs> snot all over his shirt. I was like, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I was just like, uh, like sweaty, snot, red dirt. You know, he's just like, it's okay. <laughs> Don't he's like, well, well, I'll see each other again. Don't worry, you know. And I'm like, oh. you know, just ugly cry. Just, oh my gosh. But yeah, I, I just, I don't know how to sit still. <laughs> I really don't. And I just feel like God was just like, I'm just this energizer bunny. And he's just like, wait, wait, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Let me take the batteries out for a second. And yeah, it, it, I just didn't know how to sit still. And so the Sabbath, like, you know, what was it, Saturdays that we did? Saturdays, yeah. They were so hard for me at the beginning. So I was just like, like, what do I do? I'm like going to town. Nobody wants to go in town. I don't need to spend any more money on like cucumbers and avocado, you know, just, you know, right. These little things that I was just trying to stay busy all the time. And he was really calling me to rest. And it's interesting because I was reading back in my journal that I had journaled that summer dealing with that rejection from getting denied the first time and at that point I mean this is before Kentucky it's before everything 
and um, I actually had a fake ID, so I was one of those people <laughs> in high school, and I just got so mad at God that, like, that summer, I was like, you know what, whatever, I'm just, I'm giving up, I'm just getting people their money back, and I just would, like, go to parties and just do whatever, I try to just, like, get my anger out, and I remember my mentor, I was, like, so shocked, this is a different lady that mentored me, I was so shocked when she told me, you know what, Gabby, let your hair down and just do what you want to do for a summer and then come back to reality and deal with it. And I was like, you're not going to tell me not to use my fake ID. Right? Like, she was like, you're going to do what you want to do. Like you just need to get out of your system apparently. So like, how about you just take a few weeks and then call me and we'll sit down and start hashing this out. Mm-hmm. And maybe not all mentors will give that advice, but like, it was exactly what I needed. <laughs> yeah I remember when we hashed it out I just literally felt like the Lord was like you gave up because it wasn't your timing if anything like you're betraying yourself this is for you like this is for you to like know yourself better to know me better and like I kept hearing him say honeymoon and just like oh how corny is that you know like God's calling me on our honeymoon you know to go to Africa like you know and but like, I just couldn't get that out of my mind and cracked down on myself and I reapplied. And I actually, I went through inner healing with all that sexual stuff and realized like more of like what the root of it was and did some like Sozo, which was like amazing and beautiful. Yeah. Definitely recommend it, but with someone that like you really, really, really trust and feel safe mm-hmm. around because it really can bring up a lot more than you. It does. It can be traumatic if you're not careful. If you don't have a good facilitator. So yeah. Yeah. Like someone that is so solid and Holy Spirit and like just, I mean, a whole trinity, like just very solid, very in tune. So yeah, I went through that, all that stuff, replied, got in, and I still had that money sitting in a savings account. I yeah, I applied and I did my deposit. And then God started dealing with my financial fears of not having enough because I've always dealt with that, like always fearing that I won't have what I need. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so I had money to either pay my tuition or buy my ticket. My plane ticket. That's hard. Plane tickets like that, not refundable. And so I was like so set on reserving my spot you know I just I was in I I got really just into like a good rhythm I want to say in my secret place secret you know whatever um quiet times so I was trying to say and I was just talking to the Lord more like a friend um that was really like a huge thing for me because I before that just had a hard time with that like that level of depth, like that depth of like familiarity, you know, yeah, I just heard you need to buy your plane ticket first, like you need to commit, and then I kept hearing no plan B, mm. like the doomsday and scary, <laughs> where you're like, great, so have a concrete answer, yeah. also, oh my gosh, you know, as well as people, and, and a lot of people are like this, where it's like, was that really God that said that, like, and it's like you know what like the only thing I can do is like jump off this cliff and just hope that he 
catches me before I hit the bottom. And so I, I reserved the plane ticket. I was like, okay, I have three weeks to get, it was like 3,500. Yeah. I, I don't know. I was just like really feeding my spirit a lot in that season. I was just really doing a lot of quiet times. So if we, if we fast forward, so you've, you've gone through harvest school, you have this experience where you, you got a lot of inner healing and you come home and I know you didn't want to come home. And you, you were telling me earlier, you, you actually went to Kentucky Mm-hmm. and moved in with the parents of someone else who was at harvest school with us and and that's where you met your now husband yeah, yeah and can you share when you when you met your husband you've you've moved from your hometown to Kentucky now you're also trying to live in reality after I mean coming back yeah. from harvest school is hard it's, it's a thing and I'm sure for anyone listening who's gone through maybe school at Bethel, Supernatural School of Ministry, or gone through YWAM, when you come home, you're a different person living in the same, body. The same circumstances. Can you walk us through when when you're dating your now husband, what tug of war, what tug of war were you going through with that? Yes, basically just through through all those things you mentioned it really was a tug of war. It was, will I have enough? Am I enough? And will God let me have happiness that I want? And will he let it look the way that I want it to? Um, and in my head, God always was giving ultimatums. I mean, I still, honestly, full transparency, I still have times now where I'm like, I have to go back to what I know of his character. And like, we really have to do that because if we don't, his character will like get twisted by our culture, like our society and stuff and the way that we just experience life. Like it can start almost like morphing mm-hmm. who he is if we're not staying in the word and talking to him. So I just, I really was like hearing these ultimatums in my head all the time, like, Tim or missions, Tim or missions, marriage or missions, or anything else that would make you happy or missions. <laughs> right. And that's a huge, and I, this is where I love that you brought that up because I think for anyone who's called into ministry at any capacity, it doesn't have to be missions. Mm-hmm. There's so many different forms of ministry. You, I think you do battle to some degree, this weird theology. And sometimes sometimes I feel like it's preached very directly. And sometimes I don't even know that people are aware the message that they're actually sending, but it Mm -hmm. is that you are called to just suffer and you weirdly become a martyr who sacrifices. And even if you're not in a third world country, you can be here in America and deny yourself a relationship like you were doing because well, hold on, if I'm going to do missions, I can't have X, Y, Z. I think that's so common. Sorry, continue. It's just hard. And it, it, it's, we have to really fight to keep our truth straight. And I really think that the enemy fights like the mind so hard. I mean, thoughts are huge. And how many 
even in the church like are truly taking everything captive that comes into their their mind and like it's such a dis like a discipline to push pause and like actually be aware of your thoughts and think about them yeah because everything's happening so fast around us that like we're not really conditioned to take inventory and be self-aware and self-awareness can get you really far <laughs> I mean, it, yes for me like especially like I'm I've always somewhat battled with ADHD and I know some people don't think ADHD is a thing and there's a lot of thoughts on that but I've just always been a very like <laughs> like ping pong tournament in my brain like you know I just it's hard for me to like stay still and slow down and like assess myself like where am I where do I want to be what do I need to do to get there yeah just that that tug of war like what you're saying like and the lack of patience I've always had for myself but also like for God yeah it just takes a lot of effort and it takes a lot of self-awareness and we really need to do it I think as a body not just like for ourselves but again for everyone because it's like our growing and our becoming Christ-like isn't just for us it's really easy to become stagnant in that and think that like our growth is only for us and I think when you get called into like missions which I also think being in a first world country and being in the modern church we're taught that like missions is only not where you live like you have to go somewhere else different language different culture different nobody you know you don't know anybody like that's the only thing it can look like and it's so untrue this idea that like missions is in your hometown is like just bizarre to people like yep it could not be that simple it can't be that easy like it has to be hard to be like worthy of being called missions and that's just not the truth it's just not true and Jesus would it say Jesus left his hometown because they did not receive him like (laughs) it's hard to stay where you are it's harder it is absolutely I mean I remember doing the the Lord planted me here and I thought I would be overseas and I tried and the Lord stopped me every time I tried to plan moving and I worked in a safe house with women who'd been trafficked and, and exploited for several years like 45 minutes from where I live. And I multiple times thought about how many friends of mine went overseas to do the thing that I'm doing now. And not that they, what they did was bad. It wasn't in vain, but yeah, just right. It's just, but I am doing missions. This is the dream. This is a part of the call. It's just in my hometown. And for you, how did you come to that point so you're in this relationship and you don't know what to do with it you don't know if you can keep it or throw it away at what point did you make a decision I was living with one of my really good friends that I met at harvest school Um, and I'd honestly say for no other reason it was to meet her oh that I would move to Kentucky and that I would go through those things that I needed to go through because I didn't go back on the international, you know, missions field. I got home and her mom got me a ticket for her birthday to surprise her like two or three months after we all like got home and they asked me to move in with them, which was like this whole bizarre thing I was sharing earlier. Uh, They felt like God told them to open their house to me to live with them. And 
for it to be a season of rest, which was funny because she knew nothing about me at the time. You know? mm. And um, I was like, wow, like, yeah, I could really use some rest. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so, you know, through meeting Tim and thinking the whole time, I was just like unsettled. Like I'm in this relationship and I'm working and I'm not achieving anything. I'm not being productive for God at all. And just living life and you know being lazy I must be lazy you know because I'm not just like I'm not on the streets praying for every homeless person that I see and I'm not doing you know it was just that idea that I had to be like running myself dead to be productive and if I wasn't doing that then I wasn't giving him everything you're saying so many really good things of misconceptions that we tend to have consciously or unconsciously of yeah you you do there's a little guilt and, and, and again, I don't think people, some people mean this with ill will, yeah, but yeah. I think overall the church really does have good intentions when they preach a certain message. And unfortunately it doesn't always produce good fruit because yeah. I, I know for sure I would, the great commission was kind of beat into mm-hmm. me. Yeah. And so there is a massive anxiety that comes with if I didn't pray for someone today, I didn't get somebody saved today. I didn't yes. do anything yeah. spiritual today. What am I doing? Why does God even let me breathe? <laughs> yeah. No, seriously. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was dealing with that back and forth of, I can't have 10 admissions because this whole time I'm trying to force the staffing thing. I want to go back and staff the school and I would have been harvest school 20. I wasn't, I knew I was supposed to be 27 because that was the summer, like right when I moved to Kentucky. I thought it was supposed to be 28, which would have been a year after ours. Wow. And I think, yeah, I was like, what am I doing dating? Like, I'm just distracted. Like, this is just a distraction and it's not doing anything for me. Even like, I loved Tim. I was so in love with him and like, I never dated anybody. And so I was like, scared beyond anything <laughs> like so being, impressive just being that open because of the rejection and you know just being like okay like I was delivered of this but like why is it you know coming back up because I'd never been in a relationship and you know it really does like it can be pretty scary like opening mm-hmm. up to someone and being like this is all the stuff I deal with these are my messes and these are all the things that I need to be healed of and you know so anyways yeah I was just calling out that part of me that was like in a good way that needed to like learn patience and needed to be healed of the way I was viewing the father. And so when we had broken up, because I was like, Oh, obviously I have to choose months after we'd broken up, I was sitting down your original question. That moment was sitting down with Dana and um, Brooklyn's mom and her basically asking me like, what is like the core emotion that like you're feeling? Um, paraphrasing and I was just like I'm like angry and like confused and she was like okay like why and I was like I just don't know why he would wait for me I don't feel like I'm worth sticking around for because you told him I'm breaking up with you yeah 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 and he said I'll wait for you yeah and yeah, so he, he was like, I love you. Like, I'm going to wait for you and we can talk again. And if like, you're really done, it's okay. But like, I'll wait until like you, you give me like a, yeah. And Dana, like, I remember her snapping me like, that's it. Like, you don't think you deserve Tim. 
pause. I know, I know you were so into that episode and I know you hate ads just like I usually do, but I want to take a second and tell you about the Warriors Apparel. Why Warriors Apparel? Well, it's to remind yourself who you are, a warrior. If you would like your own Warriors shirt, you can go to the Warriors Instagram, click on the link tree located in the bio, and you will find right at the top, remind yourself who you are, apparel. You can choose from a hoodie, crew neck, unisex t-shirt, or a v-neck t-shirt. They come in two different colors and all the sizes. Go to the link in the bio on Instagram to purchase yours today. Now back to your favorite podcast. Just yeah, just thinking like it's going to end anyways because I have to go overseas and yada yada. So basically there's that moment where I was like talking to Dana and she said that that's it. You don't feel like you deserved him and God does not feel that way. Like he loves you, wants you to be happy and delights in the things that delight you obviously they're not (laughs) I don't know yeah there was this really pivotal moment where I was like I can have both and God will work it out you know obviously that's not everybody's experience or story but I just let myself be uncomfortable and we started like talking again because got back from deployment yeah and I it's it's funny how it all worked out because the relationship was so healing and so beautiful and he walked in he was visiting because he lived in North Carolina so we were long distance that whole time oh that's hard we were not in person at all it almost made it easier for me because like physically I was just so like scared of like crossing lines and all this stuff <laughs> so I was like so nervous and but it really gave us like a really 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 good start on communication and like deep talks and um yeah so through all that I remember we were broken up for six or seven months and I was talking to him like one day and I was like because I knew he was just waiting for me to give him like an answer and I was just like <laughs> I was like beating around the bush like hey so I mean if like you want to call me your girlfriend you can I was just being like an idiot <laughs> like really like like, happy day happy day a couple months later I want to say he was he was visiting uh Lexington and we were walking into the house and I hear him stop and go and at this point we knew we wanted to get married Mm. like I just knew and he was like I like I know like like we both were we didn't know what the timeline was like but trying not to think of the timelines it's like oh let's just enjoy this you know he was supposed to be getting out there for us it would have been his four years and so what they usually do is they'll tell you like if you stay in basically like where they would send you and so he just stops and goes Italy and I turned around I was like Italy what like, what are you talking about and he was like if I stayed in like we would go to Italy it was like the quickest like yes in my wow. spirit that I've probably like ever felt like it was just instant like I looked at him I was like like we need to go we need to do it okay like so we sit down we're like wait <laughs> you know, like, like we just made a big decision we just got home from like well blaze pizza you know like we just like <laughs> we're like okay let's talk about this for a second and he just 
in like the best way like just trusting me so he was like you really feel like where's this going I was like I just like I feel like yes like I just mm-hmm. feel yes in my, my heart and I was like okay like it was just such a fast decision it was almost like shocking and I just remember like crying because I was like I get both mm-hmm. I, I get you and I get to go live somewhere beautiful and like I don't even know what the heck I don't know any Italian I don't know <laughs> You know, I'm like, this was not a country on my radar, <laughs> but you know, how beautiful because like Italy is so, so much rich, like biblical history, you know, like so many places throughout that are just like, they're all throughout the Bible, Old Testament, you know, and so it's like, you know, it makes sense. God would like take me back to like a place that has so many like biblical roots. Like there's so much Bible and like life to happen there. And like, you know, Italy is when you think of like vacation and it's like, well, you know, we definitely experienced a lot of hard things. Um, oh, I'm sure. Yes. That could be hours and hours of conversation. Honestly. Right. I was like, man, that could be its own. I love though how effortless the decision was. And I think that that is an important message for listeners to get is we can also get caught up in this, like pray about everything. Okay. So then we pray and pray and pray and pray. <clears throat> And God's like, dude, I gave you the answer. You know, in your spirit and your gut, your knower, whatever you want to call it. We actually, I I was having conversation with my husband about this. We are looking to make a very big decision. Mm -hmm. And it's my husband who needs to make that choice. Mm -hmm. And I woke up one morning and it just came to me. And I looked at him and I said, I'm comfortable with X, Y, Z. And he wasn't there yet. And that's fine. And so I just let him know, hey, this is this is where I'm at. And he wrestled and spent a, a, lo- a couple of weeks like back and forth going, mm-hmm. okay, my wife feels this way, but I, what about da, 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 da? And it's mm-hmm. overcomplicating. And finally he looked at me and he was like, you know what? <laughs> I've known, yeah. I know the right answer. Yeah. I'm just afraid to yeah. make to take action and yeah. and he didn't say it in those words it was just right. like you said it was it's very <clears throat> animatic. it's he, we're sitting on the couch and he looked at me and he was like I know okay yeah. uh, you know and so I think with holy that's spirit, just settling that happens yes it's and a like settling. You're in the spirit you know yes and it you just things just click and it it's easy and I think we make it so complicated and it's not complicated and so if you find yourself in this huge wrestle like and yes we have to wrestle there's always especially when we're trying to figure things out we have there's there will always be the middle part where it's tough but I also feel like sometimes we really do know the answer before we're willing to say I know the answer I think when we deeply know God's character, the answer is easy Mm -hmm. because the right answer is always going to be in line with who he is. That's true. But that, that settling that happens when you know that you're, that you're in his will, you know, that you're doing the thing that he says, okay, to. And I just remember when Tim said Italy, I was like, this is all coming together. Like he's, he's letting me have the man that I love and like want kids with and like he's also letting me have the missions thing that I've wanted for so long and 
oh my gosh, like it was just, and it was like, you know, the move is paid for, like financially, he gave us everything we needed, which like kind of filled that fear, you know, like drained it, but you know what I mean? Like, right. Settled that fear, like not having enough, not, you know, it was like in a moment, everything, he just met every need and every desire of my heart. It was just all in one. Like I just undid this little gift box. I was like, here you go. Look, I'm a good father. Like he gets the desire. Yeah. Yeah. It's just insane. And not to say that the past (laughs) three, four years were easy. There was a lot. And he's never done with us, you know. He's not completed completed us, you know, as a work. Like there's always things, not to say we always have like problems, but like he's always like there and he's always wanting to go deeper with us and he's always wanting us to be I want to say softer and softer which goes against everything we're taught to be you know today and there were moments when I was in Italy and I literally was like I hate it here I want to leave get me out of here because like granted we moved there two months before COVID so it oh, was, and Italy was so strange. Oh my gosh. Oh, and then, you know, add on like getting pregnant a couple months later, whole <laughs> pregnancy, and then the first year and a half of Ollie's life. I mean, we're in and out of lockdown. I mean, it was so, so, so much worse in here. Maybe with the exception of like a few of the states that got a bit intense here. But right. uh, I mean, Italy was insane. And <laughs> when we could come up for air, you know, just doing the mom thing by yourself and husband's working and family wasn't allowed to fly there like you know it's just it was hard but it was I just remember thinking like this isn't the missions that I wanted (laughs) necessarily but it was missions Mm -hmm. and it seriously like squeezed out some stuff in me that like really was hidden down there that like I had to deal with and it forced it to the surface and some of those moments were like pretty ugly (laughs) thank god for like a supportive loving husband that just saw it through with me and ollie just being like the little chunky cute guy that he is like just like rescued me in so many moments like i used to think like why would god let me have a baby here alone but it was like i needed oliver as much as he needed me and so yeah, just the way all that unfolded, like I look back now and like, I miss it. Mm-hmm. Like even all those hard things, it's funny. Cause it's like, God had to put me across the ocean during a pandemic lockdown to get me to slow down. <laughs> I didn't yeah. have a choice. I like literally wasn't allowed to leave the apartment building without like documents. Like it was, but it's like yeah, Lord just... knew, okay. She has this desire to go overseas. Yeah she's gonna need somewhat she's going to need like you said that support system and and I love how with your story and I can see it in my story and I hope those who are listening can think about their stories of it God just he doesn't operate the way we want him to he doesn't because what he knows what he has for us is better and I, I've said this on a podcast before. I always wanted to marry an Irishman. I always thought I would <laughs> end up in Ireland and find some beautiful Irishman. And I, yeah. a, an Oklahoma boy who's a pilot. And I remember 
being, I, I was, I went on a blind date with my husband mm-hmm. and I remember on my way there, I was like, well, I already don't like him because <laughs> I'm supposed to be in yeah. Ireland. <laughs> I was supposed to be in Ireland. Yeah, I felt and, that. And I, I did had, not think I was going to be a Kentucky boy. <laughs> yes. And I just like, I had, I, I had taken all of these prophetic words yeah. that I've received over the years. I'd taken all of these prayers and all these desires that I had. And I tried, like you said, I tried to will it to happen. And I would think, well, God gives me the desires of my heart. And the desire of my heart is to marry an Irishman and do missions in Ireland forever. And sometimes I think the Lord is like, well, that might, you might think that's the desire of your heart, but I have something that'll be way more fulfilling than you'll be thankful for this. Yes. Yes. And I think we get mad or hurt or offended at God sometimes, but I am so thankful for my Oklahoma boy. I, I'm like, I forget the Irishman. I don't care. Yeah, forget Ireland. Yeah, yeah. that was on our travel list. We never did get to go. Oh no, I didn't think you should. It was, it was definitely. I don't, I don't have any intention of like this being like a sob story. I mean, it was unbearably hard some days, but like it really had a beauty in it that I'm so thankful for and it gave me time and necessary space, you know, from home and family, (laughs) you know, like when you're like newlyweds and new parents, it's almost like sometimes it's nice to have that like distance and space because you get to figure out who you are as a couple, who you are as a parent. Yep. Like with yourself, you're like, whoa, I have two new identities, like husband and wife, and then mom, dad, and then I'm still a daughter. I'm still a sister. I'm still a friend. It's like, oh my gosh, there's so many roles. And just with all the stuff on COVID, you know, social media, it was, it was exactly, I mean, I can just sum it up saying it was exactly what it needed to be. Catapulted me into being a doula, which I am now birth and postpartum doula. So can you explain what is a doula for those who don't know? Yeah, doula is a support person, essentially. Birth doulas are They go through interventions with you, Mm -hmm. risk versus benefit, things in birth, things for baby, interventions that are, you know, medical, whatnot. Um, Kind of help you create like a birth plan. Where do you want to have your baby? You know, help you find resources like birthing classes and breastfeeding classes and just kind of just being there like a resource, like a resource person. And then during the birth there, they can be hands-on you know, counter pressure, helping you get into like different positions and whatnot. Um, just like all around, just being there for you, just like mm-hmm. another person. Postpartum doula, which is kind of more of where my heart is. They're just kind of the village that we were always supposed to have, but many don't. Um, mm-hmm. Help with cooking, cleaning, helping mom hold the baby, hold the baby, so mom can shower, take a nap. You know. Oh, I love that. Yeah, being there to talk because postpartum depression, rage, anxiety. I mean, there's so many um, mood disorders that happen postpartum. And, right. you know, postpartum's not just six weeks. It's years. They're finding now, like, birth affects you for decades. It's not just, you know, a couple months after you have a baby that you're, like, needing help. I mean, most, most PPD doesn't show up till nine months anyways. Um, maybe so yeah just being there and I didn't have that 
at all in any capacity and so I was like you know what like every mom needs this and mm-hmm. I'm like done seeing moms be alone and doing this by themselves it's 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 hard <laughs> I so love yeah that, I just, it just drove my my heart to just be that person if you had we'll close here in just a second if you have any last words for anyone who maybe has a dream and, and it could be missions or not missions or maybe someone who's wrestling with God, I've been praying for XYZ and I don't feel like the Lord has come through or my life isn't going as I thought I would. What would you say to that person? Taking inventory, mm-hmm. that self-awareness. Like, is there anything? And it's hard. So we have to come to terms with it in ourselves. But is there anything like truly standing in the way of me hearing the Lord? What am I filling my ears with through my eyes? What am I filling myself with? Because if there's no space for him, we have to make space and declutter our minds our hearts you know sometimes that looks like physical things health just getting yourself into a place of stillness where there's just nothing in the way and it is I I don't mean to even make that sound like it's just so easy Um, I don't think it's like a day process for some people that's going to take a long time right and that's okay I don't think God rushes us in my lack of patience, like he is, he is patience. Like love is patient. And if there was a definition of patience, it's him. I mean, the Bible says so. Mm-hmm. Being the fruits of the spirit, like those, that is what he is. And if we can just hold on to that and position ourselves in stillness, I really believe like what we were talking about earlier, like earlier, we will know what he's saying and we'll know when to, okay, like, wait, what was that? like Mm -hmm. that was speaking to me and I need to like take a minute and lean into that because we live in such a distracted world (laughs) everyone's distracted all the time and I think to be able to harness the ability to focus and turn inward it just speaks a lot it speaks way louder than the things and the noise that I think is always trying to fight for our attention yeah I I I would just say patience like he's not rushing you and he wants to do it with you (laughs) yeah you know it's not like we have to kind of do all the work and then like bring it to him like okay this is what I have it's like no he wants to like sit at the kitchen table with you you know theoretically and like flip through those pages and help you work those things out and give insight give guidance sometimes he might be silent but it, I think it's strategic silence, honestly. I think sometimes mm-hmm. we need to kind of work those things out in our minds a little bit. And then if we have questions, you know, you bring it to them. Like a parent helping with your math homework. I just, that's always what I've thought of. Just like, you know, when it's, it's midnight and you're like, I've brought it you tomorrow, you're just sobbing. You're like, you need help. And homework <laughs> at the kitchen table. I feel like everyone's been there. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. my world's ending. I don't know this math problem. And like... It makes me think of my dad just like sitting there and being like, okay, let's, let's look this up. You know, let's, let's work this out. It's going to be fine. Don't worry about it. Just having that reassurance that like, and not everyone has a good father, worldly father, earthly father, whatever. Be self-aware and be patient. I think that's really good. Yeah. It's hard. I don't think our flesh is patient. It's no, (laughs) because whatever he is your flesh is literally the opposite. Like you really did the harness those things 
but I think it can feel like you're trying to lasso like a horse running at full speed away from you you know sometimes it just feels really wild like this just insane goose chase coming back to his character I think is the biggest thing just knowing who he is and letting him reveal it to you yep and not in just big ways like I think we have to be okay with like the subtle things too because I don't think he's always yelling at us like I think it's okay to not feel those answers and like directions like so suddenly but it's taking a step back getting into a quiet place like literally sometimes we have to like actually shut ourselves in our room Mm-hmm. or sit on the floor of your shower while the water is hitting you just whatever it looks like just getting some silence reminding yourself who he is and then looking at your situation and being like okay where is he showing me that he's patient where is he showing me that he's kind where is he showing me self-control like if we can just align ourselves with that I really really genuinely think like our spirit will know mm-hmm. when the right time is for things because I, you know, when I wasn't settling myself, I thought the first time I applied to Harvest School, like I was 1000% convinced that I was hearing him. And I really was like in intimacy with the Lord. I was worse, you know, I was really full on, like, clearly this is what I'm supposed to go. And it wasn't. And so, you know, it can make you question, like, am I hearing God? But just trusting the process. I think a big thing is trust. I don't think a lot of people trust trust that he will follow through on what he says because we live in a flaky world (laughs) and everyone's doesn't mean what they say and you know he always means what he says like he always 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 and so he just trusts the process and as annoying as that's probably going to be for some people to hear like like, oh gosh you know but like seriously like just trust the process and he always comes through that's so good I appreciate that. Thank you so much for being with us today. And, and thank you for just pivoting. I, I actually like this conversation hmm. better than what I thought. So I think that it's so funny. <laughs> it goes along with the theme of today. And I'm going to say this for the listeners. I was typing the questions to to Gabby and I couldn't get settled with it. I did. I actually took a long time on yours, but I felt like I needed to reach out to you Mm. and you were someone who got highlighted for me. And so the, but the whole time I'm trying to get your questions ready, I'm like, (laughs) I don't know. And so it made perfect sense when, before we push record, when the subject changed. Mm. So I'm so thankful that it did. And it's just, it's so funny how that's the theme of this podcast. And that's just, that's how it unraveled. So thanks for pivoting.